1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I saw a meme on Instagram the other day. It said, if you unpack your clothes and put it in the drawers at a hotel, you are a serial killer. And I had a good laugh because when I went away with LL last week, he kept taking pictures of my area. And by area, I mean where I was keeping all my stuff. He didn't understand how I was living out of a suitcase, which literally looked like it was picked up and tossed upside down by a tornado and Auntie Em and Uncle Henry were like living underneath it like it was the Wizard of Oz I do not unpack my suitcase when I travel I mean I unpack a couple of things the dresses were hanging the jackets were hanging but everything else is just mushed in it becomes a huge knot like the back of my hair and when I need something I'm like a claw machine at an arcade like I'm just trying to like drop my hand in see what I come up with usually it's nothing I can't find anything I'm looking for And I lived like that the entire week. And the more I started to pull things out, the pile grew bigger and bigger. And LL was taking pictures of it and getting a kick out of it. He was shaming me in a very kind way. So when I saw that meme, I was like, you're the serial killer because you unpacked, you used the drawers. And I understand that it makes life way easier, but I am known for not making my life easier and I'm not organized enough to unpack. In fact, I would go as far as saying my personal style of unpacking is having things strewn about. Strewn about is a style of unpacking that I'm comfortable with. But I was curious what other people do. So I did an Instagram poll and I asked if you were team drawers or team piles, and it turns out 42% of you are team drawers, but 58% of you are team piles. Not only that, 65% of you found the picture. Yes, I did post a picture of my messy area, things overflowing out of my suitcase and not fully unpacked. 65% 65% of you found it was relatable and only 35% of you were having a panic attack. I was happy that I was not alone in my slobbery. I was happy that this is common. And in fact, more of you make piles and more of you found my messy suitcase living out of my messy suitcase relatable than not. So this made me feel really good because here I was feeling guilty for the fact that I was turning this lovely hotel room into a town when in fact, That's what most of you are doing. You see, ultimately, it's good to talk about these things. So we know we're not alone. Hey, guys, welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. We're going to get right into this week's Don't Hate Me. Uh, I felt this was appropriate for summer. This was a good Don't Hate Me. Dina, who you know, she's been on a ton of episodes. She's hilarious. Uh, She was on Space is the New Nouveau Riche. Uh, I was raised by a bodega. And my TikTok algorithm thinks I'm a lesbian. If you haven't heard those, you should. Uh, Those are some of my favorite episodes. She asked me my stance on white peaches. And I told her that I felt that white peaches were the LaCroix of fruit. You know how LaCroix Seltzer, maybe it's LaCroix. And if I'm saying LaCroix like I'm Hilaria Baldwin, I'm sorry, but I just thought it was LaCroix. But it could be LaCroix. I'm gonna go with LaCroix and be Hilaria for a moment. You know how LaCroix Seltzer, people love it. It comes in all these flavors, and you drink it and you're just waiting for the black cherry to kick in, but doesn't quite bang the way you want it to, but you keep drinking it, hoping that the more you drink it, the more you're going to get that flavor. That's what happens with white peaches. Don't hate me, but I feel that white peaches, even in season, and this is the season, which is why I'm doing it. You just keep eating them, waiting for a bite that tastes peachy, but it just kind of has no flavor. It tastes like water. Anyway, don't hate me. I love fruit. I love all fruit. I can't get enough fruit. But white peaches need to work on their flavor. Unless, guys, if I'm wrong and I'm eating the wrong white peaches, let me know. And if you don't agree, please don't hate me. Okay, guys, today's episode um, is... She, you might know her from The Real Housewives. She was on last season of The Real Housewives. If you were not a reality TV watcher, I get it, but don't tune out. You should listen because we're not just talking about The Real Housewives. I wanted to talk to someone that was on reality TV because I I think that's one of the ultimate social studies is the fact that all of us, including myself, by the way, I'm the worst, are glued to these reality shows. And we love to watch them. And don't you kind of always wonder about the people that are on them? Well, today I have one of them, and that is so exciting. Um, so if you're not a reality TV watcher, you should still listen because don't you find it fascinating? We also cover really good uh, relationship stuff on this episode. Um, as always, thank you so much for rating, reviewing, sharing, writing to me. You guys are the best. My listeners, uh, the best. On that note, Let's begin, shall we? Hi, guys! I am so excited for today's episode. I know I always say that, but it's true because I pick my guest. But my guest today, a lot of you, most of you, know her because she was on last season of Real Housewives of New York. I know her because she lived in my building when I was growing up. Uh, her and her ex-husband. So everything I know about dating, I learned from Elise in the <sighs> elevator. <laughs> Of Stop. my building. <laughs> oh, and, and sitting in my den, by the and way. And sitting in your den. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ms. Elise
0: Slane. Welcome. Thank you, Jenna. I'm so thrilled. And it's funny because right before you had messaged me and asked to be on the show, a few nights earlier, I was thinking, God, it would be so much fun to do a podcast with Jenna because... I think you are hilarious. I watch all of your videos. I make my husband watch them
1: all. I love it. I love it. And you're obviously the funniest too. We have so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin, but let's begin here. Okay, the story of how you met your husband. (laughs) I heard the story. I was doing a lot of research. Even though I know you, I like to research everyone and what they're doing on the internet before they come on my podcast. I heard the story of how you met, and I want you to share it with my listeners, because it's the greatest story. And I had done something similar for my mother. So here, let's hear the story from Elise. Okay. So my daughter, Nikki,
0: who is now 27, but she, when she was a freshman in college, she did not like my stable of studs. She was just like, mom, I just, I just don't love any of them. And I was like her most prized possession. So
1: she took it upon herself. And I Wait, was- Wait, can I just- Yes. Stable of studs is the greatest thing. <laughs> we should all have a stable of studs. Okay, sorry. Just had to like, just really point that out. Go on. And, and I had no problems with my
0: stable, but Mickey did. <laughs> <laughs> and so she took it upon herself. She was in school and she had a little downtime between exams and stuff. And she, unbeknownst to me, put up a profile on Match.com of me and assumed my identity.
1: Greatest ever.
0: She now comes home from school because she was in the city. She went to Columbia. She comes home from school and now she's trying to figure out how does she tell me that I have a date? Because she knew I would get really pissed off, you know, that she did this to me. So she's like, mom, I think you should go to the juice bar next to Serafina and have a smoothie with the dog, my little white dog. And I was I'm like, and, wh- and why should I do this? And I see the wheels are turning. She's like, all right, I've got to out this or, or this whole thing's <laughs> going to blow up, you know? So she says, there's a really great guy waiting to meet you. And I said, and how do you know this great guy? And she said, promise you won't be mad. And I was like, all right, now I'm livid. Just from that, promise you won't be mad. I'm already like calculating how many years until she gets paroled, you know?
1: (laughs) I can't even, (laughs) this is
0: the greatest. So she's like, mom, I put up your profile on match.com. And she's like, and the good news is you had hundreds of responses. And I'm like looking at her, like, I don't know if you ever saw The Exorcist because you're so young. I can't. My head spins around. My head (laughs) spun around several times. And I was like what? Ew, and some pedophiles talking to my daughter. And she's like, no, no, no. He thinks I'm you. And I'm like, do you know identity theft is a felony? Have you lost your mind? And I said, you could text him and tell him no one's showing up and tell him what you did. She's like, well, I can't text him. I'm not that stupid to give the phone number and try to be you on the phone. And she's like, mom, he's innocent. Just go meet him. And I said, I'm not. And she's like, mom, I'm, I'm begging you. Imagine Were you how- like, let me see the picture? Or no, you- no, I was so angry at what she had done. I love it. I love what she did. <laughs> <laughs> so finally I was thinking, all right, let me be objective. This guy has no idea that he's talking to like a 19 year old. So- I'll go meet him. I went. I brought the dog, you know. And and when she said bring the dog, I was like, oh, so you didn't put pictures up? She's like, oh, tons of pictures, bathing suits, and I'm just again like the death glare. So I go and I meet him, and this pretty adorable, nerdy looking guy comes over and offers to buy my dog a smoothie with this very heavy German accent, and I, I just like look at him, and I'm thinking, cute, but. I'm not in the head for this. Right. So I was like, look, I have to apologize to you. I'm, I'm not looking to meet someone. You were not communicating with me on match. You were actually communicating with my daughter. And he goes, (gasps) but this is too good. This is like, this is too good. This story. Yep. Yep. So he's like, how old is your daughter? And I said, she's 19. She's a freshman in college. And I'm very sorry. And he's like, well, I have three daughters that age. So I suggest we sit on this bench and not to, not leave until we think of an appropriate punishment for
1: your daughter. Stop it. Yes. I am dead. I love this story so much. This could be the best meeting story I ever heard. It's a do- so we sat and
0: then we spent the rest of the day together. And then I canceled the date that I had that night with, um, I think it was stud number three. I canceled him and I went to <laughs> dinner with Reinhold. Um, and we've been, you know, I dated the other guys. So I kept the rotation for about a month. I love um, you. And one by one, I just started dropping them. So he was the <laughs> last man standing.
1: <laughs> I... Love this story. So, you know, I grew up with a single mom. Also, my parents were divorced. You know my mom. I adore mom. Her boyfriend, when I was in high school, I set up with, it was like the parent trap because I went to high school with his sons. They were on a flight home from like Florida with us. We were visiting my grandparents and we didn't have a ride home from the airport. We were just going to take a taxi and his, their father was picking them up and we're like, your dad's single, my mom's single, give us a ride home. That's how she- I did not know you know who it is, but I'm not going to say his name on this podcast. Uh, that And they dated for four years because of that parent trap moment. Uh, and now she's married to the best person. My okay, spot. good, good. Um, but a different person, but the best person who I didn't set her up with, but she met in Tal Bagels online.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I used to take Nicole to Tal Bagels every morning. It was like our
1: 7.30 a.m. routine. <laughs> it's, if you're single, guys, go hang out in Tal Bagels. <laughs> Um, okay. So I love that story. And how long have you been married? Um, July 7th will be three years. Oh my God. I love that story.
0: I never told anyone the backstory. So my friends were like, how did you two meet? And I'm like at the juice bar next to Serafina. So all my friends were running to the juice bar, getting fat on smoothies, (laughs) waiting for Mr. Wonderful to come along. They're like, where is he? I'm on my 10th smoothie. (laughs) That should be like a Match.com commercial. I know. Like we need to pitch that. And so because I never told anyone, Nicole got to a fit. We dated for four years until we got married. Because okay. I wasn't, I didn't want to get married. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then after four years, I just thought, this man needs to be my family. Oh, I love it. And then Nicole officiated. And so when she officiated at the wedding, she got ordained. And when she officiated at the wedding.
1: Stop it. She told she, the, you're, so your daughter yes. got ordained to marry you. Yes,
0: yes. Elise. <laughs> and then she told the
1: whole backstory to everyone at the wedding. And which nobody knew. How could you not? I would tell everyone that, I mean, I'm different. I'm crazy, but that's the greatest story ever. I love it. I'm so happy for you. He's adorable. I see he cooks for you. Yes, he's which a fabulous cook. Yes. Literally one of my favorite things, a man who can cook you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin or do you have dreams of becoming
0: an influencer well the life with Mariana podcast is here to help i'm Mariana hewitt a los angeles based influencer and co-founder of the clean skincare line summer fridays each tuesday i'm talking to my friends from business owners wellness experts and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on instagram at Mariana underscore hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode
1: You guys, if you are Real Housewives watchers, which I am, I have, I will watch the Real Housewives of literally anywhere, even if they had the Real Housewives of Walmart, I would watch every episode, <laughs> but Elise was on Real Housewives of New York, one of the OG crews, and obviously I am a New Yorker, so that is... Okay, I have so many questions about this, okay. but the biggest question is you didn't return, and how that fuck did that happen? Because you are A, the most entertaining, interesting, all of it person that they could have ever seen come through that cast. And I i mean it. I'm not just saying it because I know you. When I saw you on that first episode, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is the most perfect thing. And you were so great on the season.
0: Like uh, I wanted thank more. Thank Well, so I went on actually by accident. I was very close. Anyone who watches the show knows I was very close with Ramona Mm -hmm. and I was meeting her after she was filming the scene for the first episode of season 12. And I got there and they were still filming. So I sat back with the producers and the producers, I had made a couple of comments and the producers just said, you know what? Let's let's get you mic'd and get you in there.
1: Yeah, because you're the funniest person.
0: Thank you. So I literally walked outside the restaurant and then walked back in and joined the group. And that's actually when they started the scene that everybody saw because they had been filming for two hours, but none of that was shown. And it was a little strange because Ramona really wanted me on. I was just sort of going along haphazardly. They would call and say, do you want to film? And either I could or I couldn't. And then they wanted a more regular appearance. So Mm -hmm. they sent a contract and I wouldn't sign the contract. I found it very onerous. So yes. we went back and forth. And we first, they sent me uh, the contract, which was basically the housewife contract. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just a friend of the show. So, and even the very watered down version was problematic for me. So I filmed the whole season without the contract and I didn't sign the contract until two days before the show aired. So I have a bit of a funny edit, You know, so I don't know if they were going back and trying to edit me out since I wasn't signing the contract, but it was impossible at this point to edit me out.
1: Right, right. Um, (laughs) By the way, if you knew Elise, it is impossible to edit her out. Like you have such a big personality, a big presence.
0: But you don't really see it on the show though, right? You never really got to know a lot about me on the show. You never saw my husband. You never knew anything about my career as a trader. Right. So I was just always sort of in the background and there were certain things I made them edit out. I said, look, I'm not signing the contract unless you take this out because I had some no-go zones out of respect to past people in my life. And I said, those issues cannot be brought up. And then when that boundary was crossed, I said, all right, I'm done. I'm not filming anymore.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: but that's not why I stopped filming. They, they agreed to edit things out that I didn't want in there. But Ramona and I had a very big falling out, which happened off camera. So people didn't see it. What people saw was we were sort of, you know, we were, it looked like we were fine on camera, but she's ignoring
1: me. You know, it's like way, I, everyone who's a watcher is thinking right now of falling out with Ramona that I Possibly happened. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course that happened. Of course it happened. Yeah, okay, but she was on. like
0: always. I felt like baby in the corner from Dirty Dancing, right? She was always sort of banishing me to the corner. But the fight happened off camera, and so what people see is we look fine, and then all of a sudden you see me complaining to Sonia about Ramona's bad behavior.
1: Okay, got it.
0: Um, so that sort of confused viewers. But I was supposed to be on Watch What Happens Live. I was supposed to be at the reunion. And when Leah and I did a very naughty cameo, I had done many cameos. I never had one end up in the public domain. Okay. Leah was staying with me. And Uh as you know, on cameo, people tell you what they want you to talk about. So the person asked, am I still one of Ramona's 50 best friends? And why can't Ramona meet a man? And I pulled Leah into the cameo. And Leah comes out with something Really shocking and crass. I am in total shock and you can see it on the cameo. I am I am absolutely blown away. Now I should have deleted the cameo. Instead I uploaded, thinking it was only going to the person who uh, who bought it and who was receiving it. I had 28 more cameos to do that day. So I really didn't want to do a do-over. Right. And that cameo
1: went viral. Was
0: very upsetting to Ramona. So then she called the New York Post and she defended herself against the cameo, which I thought made it even worse because now more people were clicking on it. And there was a whole, you know, we got, I got canceled on Watch What Happens Live, which I was supposed to be on as my punishment. Ramona didn't want me at the reunion, you know, and of course producers cover for her. They're like, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, Ramona. But of of course it was. You know, I was scheduled and then I was taken out.
1: Right. Did you ever make up with Ramona after that? Or Never. You th- no. Never. She yeah. had
0: tried to make up a year ago, February, and I was not open to it at the time. And I figured we would you know, we're in the same friend group. I figured we would see each other and eventually we would Because talk. by
1: the way, I will tell the listeners, I know this to be true. You really were in that friend group. That yeah. is not like, they didn't like work you in somehow. Like I've known for years that you were in that friend group. So yeah. that is your friend, like your yeah. real.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've known Dorinda forever. I've known Sonia a long time. I even knew Luanne, although Luanne suddenly denies knowing me like, I don't,
1: I don't know her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> money can't buy you class as yeah, you know well,
0: Yeah. She should know that better than anyone.
1: Tell me about being on reality TV because as much of a watcher as I am, and I am a massive reality TV watcher, I would be terrified to put my life on reality television.
0: Right. Like, was it easy for you? Was it crazy no, for you? No, no, it wasn't easy. Well, that's why I couldn't sign the contract, right? Because I wasn't willing. I couldn't put my, you know, my husband on. He has a hedge fund. Couldn't put my daughter on. She was working at a hedge fund. Right. There were certain things, you know, I wasn't willing to talk about my ex-husband, you know, who you know very well. So there were certain, I had no go zones and was a little odd in that The producers are definitely poking the tiger, you know, so they let you know kind of like what they want you to bring up and they are looking to create conflict, which is unfortunate.
1: Well, I can't. Well, that's my other question. Like the amount of fights these women get into, it's like every show there's a different massive group fight. Is this like orchestrated in some way or these women just walk around fighting with each other all the time?
0: Part of it is encouraged by the producers, but look, the women, you know, they're bringing it right. <laughs> I mean, they're they are sort of, you know, i I've, I've known them separately away from the show and I know that they sort of think about, all right, what am I going to have on this one? What am I going to bring up sort of like, you know, shock value and so and even at the reunion they they pretty much know the fights that they're going to pick going into it but the girls are deciding
1: it i was going to say is there some there must be some sort of benefit to being the one embroiled in the season fight for the characters on the show or no, not really?
0: Well, yeah, because then you're getting more camera time. I often, when I thought the fights were so ridiculous or mean-spirited, I literally just backed off the camera. And it was interesting sometimes because I thought I was, you know, out of the camera's lens, but, you know, it was a wide angle shot. So you see me sort of there on the side, like, thank God it was a pick in my nose or something, you know, because I thought, all right, no, I just was like, I don't want to partake in this and I'm just going to step off screen. But instead I looked really weird because I look like I'm kind of lurking.
1: I would do the same thing. You know, it's so funny because I am so, for as public as I am, I have podcasts, I did stand up, I did these videos. I'm actually incredibly private about my personal life and I'd be the same as you. Did it feel weird when it aired to see yourself on television in that dynamic? What was weird was
0: not, having any control over the edit. So things that I knew weren't really the case, that was a little weird. And or to see the gossip that was going on behind my back that they were filming with the other girls, right? Like, you know, I don't know what Luann's problem with me was all season. I never had an issue with her, Um, but the woman hated me. I don't know why.
1: Right. And you weren't even, by the way, you weren't even a trouble starter on the show.
0: Never. No, never. Even when they had that moment where I called Sonia an accessory, I think it was in like the third (laughs) episode or something. Um, I don't remember that. Yeah. Sonia had made a comment to me. She said, oh, does your husband make you go shopping and buy all these clothes and jewelry and stuff? Because, you know, he wants you to look a certain way because my ex-husband used to do that to me. And so I said to her, well, he accessorized you because you were his accessory. And of course that really triggered
1: Sonia. Yeah, Sonia's very touchy about that marriage. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's weird because it happened during COVID. So you weren't, when your episode came, like your season came out, you weren't really out and about. No, it was funny, but
0: I was like walking around with a mask on. Right. So as soon as masks came
1: off, People started, oh my God, you know, you're a Um. Okay. So my next question is, do you A, watch the show still? Do you watch it? I don't.
0: I don't you watch don't. it. I never watched it before I was on it actually. And I was on like In season 10, I was on a few times.
1: Oh, I know. I've been watching since season one. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, there's Elise at the luncheon. Like, I know. Um, And also, are you still friends with any of the women? I know you said you're friends with Leah. I'm still friends with Leah.
0: I talked to Dorinda. Okay. Um, We just talked the other day for about an hour.
1: So the season wraps... I'm watching you on Instagram and I am so excited because you are doing what you do best and you are giving dating advice on Instagram.
0: Right. So you I
1: guys, stopped during COVID. I slowed it down. I went to cryptos. Um, but before the crypto, you were doing dating advice. And mm-hmm. you guys, if there's any, I'd say single people listening, but it's also good for people in relationships or even marriages. Elise gives... The best dating advice ever. I said it earlier, everything I know about dating, I know from Elise giving me her rules. And by the way, they work very well. Since you were 16.
0: <laughs> i sunk in. It sunk in, it sunk in.
1: Give us an example of one of your hot tips for relationships.
0: When you're dating and even when you're married, have your own interests. This is so important. Don't always make yourself so available for a date, a boyfriend, a significant other, a husband, a wife, whatever, because you become boring. When you wait for this person to bring the world home to you, you are boring, right? So whether you are still maintaining a career, or even if you are a stay-at-home mom, have passions in your life, have your own interests. There must be a way to find time to, if you're into, I don't know, golf, if you're into art, if you're into writing, whatever it is you're into, if you're into trading, make time for yourself. Because the more interesting your world is, the more he or she will want to be a part of
1: your world. I First of all, I couldn't agree with that more. I, I can honestly say when I am not working, I am my worst self because my brain needs to be focused on something else. Like I am way better like at dating at everything when I am working because I am like doing my own thing, and anyone that I date appreciates that, and vice versa. Like, look, you have to have
0: shared interests, otherwise, there's not a whole lot to talk about, right? But you definitely
1: need your own interests as well. One of the things I want to ask you about is. So, I was married. I know you're, you're, this is your second marriage. I have the same feeling as you about marriage, right? Like, I'm not one of these people that's like, I'm dying to get married again. Like, I'm dying, you know, like I always looked at like Kurt and Goldie Hawn's relationship and they're not married. They're together for a billion years. And one of the things I like about that concept, not that that's what I'm choosing, you know, I might get married again. I don't know. But the idea that you have to be your best self every day. So, you continue to choose each other because I think. Sometimes when people are in relationships or marriages, they're just like, it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, you can definitely attest to that is not true. Complacency
0: is a disaster for marriage, a hundred percent,
1: and any relationship. Can you speak a little more on that and like how what your advice would be to not like how to just keep it not complacent? I don't know, right? So, (laughs) uh,
0: so. I still try to look presentable to my, to my husband, right? So we're together now a total of seven years and I still will put on makeup. Even during the pandemic, I woke up in the morning and I put on makeup. I still keep up with working out and try to eat healthy. I still try to be interesting and bring something to the conversation. First thing I do in the morning, literally, is when I get up, I have my coffee, I do my makeup and I'm looking at my positions and cryptocurrency. And I'm reading the journal, I'm reading crypto news, but you know I've got you know the news playing in the background also on the TV. So when he and I finally come together for dinner, we both have things to talk about.
1: a hundred percent
0: I will never be boring.
1: You will never be boring, and right. let me tell you something, neither will I. I. I think that just being yourself and you know I'm super passionate person, I know you are too. I think that's it's just really important to like live for yourself you know if you have a partner like you said a partner that lives for you it it just all makes it right so much better someone who's grateful for you right yes. you and you should grateful. be grateful yes. for one another and one another not a one sided thing right right another thing that we do is we hold
0: each other accountable for making each day the best day it could be so Love that. we literally, and my personality is by nature, I'm someone who I do think about the past because I think about strategy and mm, I could have done that differently. I didn't handle that in the best way I could have. And then I start thinking, what would the outcome have been had I said this and not this? Or So that's one thing I do, dwelling on the past. And another thing I find myself is that I'm always planning for the future. Right. Well, I... When you're so focused on the past and the future, what do you lose? You lose today,
1: right?
0: 100%. So we say to one another at the end of each day, what made today count? And it could be a little thing. I love that. I love that. Being on here with you. This Uh, is making my day count. It is. This is like, I'm so happy to be here talking to you.
1: I am so happy you're here and let me tell you something Elise I love what you're saying so much that's actually a huge part of how I live my life because I lost my dad 11 years ago to pancreatic cancer suddenly it was very quick and um you know a couple months ago I lost one of my best friends from a heart attack just random oh, young sorry. guy heart attack and it was a reminder once again because I learned this lesson with my father and I learned it again a couple months ago which is you never know when it is your last day. Right. So I like to, and I don't just say it, I like to live every day as though it is like the, my last day. Like I like to do, I like to, anyone that knows me knows I like to do. I like to have experiences. Like I like to make the day count. So I love that so much. That is I love that. Um, Elise, I can't even believe how fast time goes because I'm so sad that we're almost done, but I do have one last question for you. What would you say the most important qualities are in a relationship? Like what, what are the most, like if you said, I have to choose these three things, like what to you is the staying power? What is the magic ingredients in a relationship?
0: Respect. Right. And when you talk about respect, that includes rules of fighting. It's unrealistic to think that you will never have a fight with your partner. Of course you will, but you both must follow the rules. And that if you, if you have a disagreement, you're only discussing the thing that you are disagreeing about. You're not, pulling in things that you know about one another to throw daggers to inflict as much pain as possible. Because the goal is not to win the fight. The goal is to compromise and settle, right? So that's one rule. One rule for me is I will never be with anyone who raises their voice to me.
1: People have to be really careful because you can't take words back. Once they leave your mouth, like a bruise, an actual physical bruise will heal. Words, you can they stay forever. You have to be very careful about what comes out of your mouth in a fight.
0: Absolutely. So that's important. Another thing that's very important to me in a relationship is to be one another's cheerleaders and to catch that person when they fall, right? So you know that, you know, when this person is soaring to success, you're not jealous, you're not competitive, unless it's sports. Then you (laughs) can
1: Like a game of horse.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you are, you know, you are encouraging them and being their cheerleader and then they crash, they crash and burn. You're not judging. You're not doing the I told you so's. You're there to be supportive and then help them sort of regroup and get back on their feet. So someone you could be in a foxhole with, that is the most important part of a relationship. I
1: love make. that. I love that. And what would you say the last ingredient is?
0: The last ingredient is, I would say, try to keep romance alive. No matter how long you are together. My husband has this thing where he is always touching me. Sometimes it's making me nuts, you know?
1: <laughs> I'm a big toucher. And even
0: when we were dating, we were just dating. He was always touching me. And I was like, why all these PDAs? Like, you know, why are you <laughs> always big touching toucher.
1: me? I just did an episode. Uh, I recorded an episode about this. I'm a huge toucher. <laughs> I can't control myself. Like even with my friends, I'm like touching, I'm annoying. But
0: you know what? I, it actually has become endearing to me. When you have physical contact, it's hard to lose sight of one another. So even if you, if, if you're not a cuddler, you know, when you go to sleep, because I, I basically want, you know, I want the equator between us when we're sleeping because okay. I can't, but he will always, his foot's on me or he's holding my hand when I fall asleep. I love it. So physical I love it. contact.
1: Oh, I'm so happy. Elise, I am so glad you joined. First of all, tell everyone where they can find you. Your Instagram handle. Is there anything you want to plug? Now is the time. Okay.
0: Well, so Instagram, I am at Elise Slain, E-L-Y-S-E-S-L-A-I-N-E. And on Twitter, I am at Slain Elise because someone hijacked my my name on Twitter.
1: <sighs> oh. Um, okay, Elise, I love you. Thank you for joining. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week and I will speak to you